You are listening to an infusion of nerd enlightenment. You are now entering the Power Bomb Nation. All right, Power Bomb Nation, welcome back. We got another fantastic interview and a fantastic show here for you. I have a very, very good friend of mine. We've known each other since I would think middle school, if I'm not mistaken. Mr. Chris Wiley. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Dwight. I'm doing good. Yeah, it was middle school. I still remember when I met you, actually. So The, uh, the, day, the day of, I remember we were in uh, gym class. You were sitting on the bleachers listening to, uh, oh, what was the country music singer? Um, Billy Joel. Or not Billy Joel. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I probably had a mullet back then, too. <laughs> Didn't everybody? Yeah, you know, it was, you know, back in the 80s, early 90s, we we all had really awful hair. Yeah, um, it was either a mullet or a bowl cut, one of the two. Right. So, <laughs> I tell you, I like to start this when I have somebody on the show that I know with a story. That's a fantastic story about the the first time you met me. Now, I remember distinctly a story about you was when Uh-oh. I left after middle school, I'd moved away and I'd spent my freshman year in another state while I was gone over that summer. And then the next school year, John Atha had told the entire student body that I was in a car wreck and died. And most oh, people my- believed it. <laughs> and- <laughs> And I came back for the sophomore year. And I remember I'm standing when you walk in the auditorium, I'm sitting against the wall over to the left. And I hadn't talked to anybody since I'd returned. And yeah. I heard somebody say, Dwight, Dwight couch. And I looked up and it was you. And you were like, you came over. And you're like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell Nathan. people about that all the time. <laughs> So, uh, Chris, tell us all a little bit about yourself and what you got going on. Sure. Um, well, I'm out in Amarillo, Texas now. I've been out here for several, several years. I'm actually a full-time respiratory therapist. I've been doing that for uh, about 12 years now. And kind of a, a de-stressor for me, if you will. Uh, well, for my wife and I, because we're both respiratory therapists, and, and that's a high-stress job. And we started going to comic conventions around 2017, uh, first time ever, and loved them, absolutely loved them. And I wanted to go to them all the time, but they're expensive. So kind of a collection that we've had in in the house with autographs and uh, memorabilia, just uh, all sorts of miscellaneous collectibles, if you will. Um. We decided let's try and set up and be vendors and see if we can't secure uh, a vending spot inside a vendor hall in the Comic Con. And if it can pay for the convention and some other stuff that we'll pick up while we're there to kind of maybe resell later, uh, we thought it would be a great way to go to conventions for free. And it has blown up since then. Um, We're actually doing more of this now than respiratory therapy. We're actually phasing out. Um, now that COVID is kind of going down a little bit, 
because the last couple of years have been crazy with respiratory. But um, now that, that that's going down a bit, we've opened up a, an actual store uh, in the Westgate Mall out here. It's been going fabulous. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to do this uh, more and more uh, full time and less and less than the other. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. Anything you can take, you know, anytime you can take your, your hobby or your passion and then turn it to a full-time gig, that is, that is an amazing thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was funny. We had a, uh, an interview a while back with the local news station here, uh, well, newspaper. And he asked me specifically with our name, the space emporium, he says, how did you, like, I get everything about your store, except I don't understand that. Where did the name come from? And I said, well, we're huge, both of us, my wife and I were huge Firefly fans. And if you've ever read the comics as well as seen the, the one season wonder episodes that are out there, um, the Space Emporium is kind of a flea market of sorts where you can find anything and everything that you're looking for. And I said, I thought that was exactly what we, we, what we started out as. I said, we had a little bit of everything. And uh, I said, why not just take that name and, and run with it? So everything about this store has started from a, a passion. <laughs> well, that's, that is fantastic and awesome. So, uh, so where can anybody watching right now? Now, I know you said you're getting your website up and running. Where yes. can they go and kind of uh, check out all this really, really awesome stuff? You guys got to get on here and check it out. Where can they check this stuff out at right now? The easiest would probably be Facebook. Um, we, you know, I'm, I'm the, uh, the main administrator on our Facebook page. I throw, try and throw different stuff from the store on there all the time, uh, as well as just funny little anecdotes that I find. But yeah, if you look us up on Facebook, um, it's actually uh, space emporium slash the big universe. And that'll take you to, uh, to our Facebook page. And then hopefully, um, here in the next day or two, uh, you should be able to find us on uh, www.spaceemporium.biz. Uh, and that website is, like you said, it's up and coming. I've got a uh, a lady working on it right now. She's having a little trouble with the format, I guess, of it. But um, she told me it should be up in the next day or so. So I'm hoping. <laughs> well, that's awesome. There's a link in all the uh, comments in the chat below. So make sure you check that out. Just click there. It's going to take you straight to the Facebook page. Check out a lot of really cool photos. Now, I did see that uh, when I was looking over here tonight, right before our call, that you got an interesting employee, and uh, <laughs> he looks like he might have been stocking a couple things, and I think I see him hanging out behind you. Hey, uh, yeah, there's old ben, ben right now. Yep, yep. That's one of the uh, the things we have. Actually, since I've got you on the phone, I can uh, move around and show you a couple different things. Um take a look one of the things that we carry are life-size statues of course i have a buddy in oklahoma that that makes all of these uh most of the time it's just a uh mannequin body but then he sculpts the face and does the hands and gets the costumes for them so yeah we've got old ben there doing the inventory and then we come over to our this is actually our wall of autographs that we have from all sorts of celebrities um all the way up to, and I don't know if you can see him all the way up there, but we have uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, nice. Nice. And, uh, of course, to sell those, we always, we have to have uh, Captain Picard here to help sell them. <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody sells better than Jean-Luc. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
it's actually funny. People think because they're so realistic looking, because um, they're not a, a plastic or anything. They're actually made of a, of a resin. A lot of people think that they are real people. And I flirted with the idea of putting like an old walkie-talkie or something behind them and communicating with people. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Awesome. So uh, let me ask you this. Since you gave us a little uh, sneak peek of uh, Jean-Luc there, Kirk or Picard? Who's your captain? Oh, you know, I love Kirk, but I'm going to have to go with Picard. I was more of a next generations kind of person growing up. So I got to go that way. Absolutely. Same, same here. I tell everybody all the, you know, everyone's like, well, that's the hardest question ever. I'm like, no, it's pretty easy. If I go down in a red shirt with Picard, I'm coming back. I'll go down with Kirk. I'm gone. That's it. <laughs> You know, it was funny. I was talking to somebody about that a while back. They were talking about the different color uniforms. And I said, well, you got you to gotta mention what, you know, um, what Star Trek are you talking about? Because the colors change and you go from, you know, uh, you're dead in red to your commander. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, what got you into collecting the first, you know, however long ago it was what was the first thing that got you really into collecting and making that a hobby you know it's a little bit of a of a personal story um that goes all the way back to when we were um hanging out in middle school pretty much um i don't know if you knew this back then but um i was actually in and out of court a whole lot um because i was the landmark case in kentucky for grandparents rights um, my mom had some issues, and during that time, my grandma kind of helped raise me and bring me up. And then, uh, when my mom got everything, you know, her life kind of got a little bit better, and uh, got custody of me back, and uh, I went her way. I don't know exactly what the falling out between the two of them was, but but they had one. And so it's kind of like when you're in a uh, a divorce with your mom and your dad, and they're fighting for custody. It was kind of the same thing, but with my mom and my grandma. And I hated it, something awful. So I buried myself in, into TV shows, into movies. And it sounds corny as can be, but I remember watching you know, Full House and just thinking that's the dream family, even though it wasn't. <laughs> and it's all make-believe. And I think I got a little obsessive with all the movies and the TV. It was, it was a, an escape for me right and then i guess i was in when was it i guess i was in california to be honest and um i was fresh out of the military and i started doing extra work in music videos and everything uh, just because you're in california you have to try <laughs> right <laughs> and uh i actually did a a video with a gentleman, a singer uh, by the name of Kavon Edmonds, uh, which a lot of people don't necessarily recognize his name right off the bat, but his older brother is a singer um, that a lot of people remember from the 80s and 90s is uh, Babyface. Okay, yeah. And um, I remember Babyface coming up after I'd shot the video with his younger brother. Um, my full-time job at the time was working at an amusement park, Knott's Berry Farm, and he came up to the Knott's Berry Farm with his family, and he stopped at me, and he just kind of 
kind of had a steering problem where I guess I, I he knew my face, but he wasn't sure where or how in the world, you know, this minimum wage employee, how do I know him? And he was like, oh, yeah, we started talking and it, it came out that I did extra work and then it came out that I shot a video with his younger brother. And I guess a lot of my footage ended up on the cutting room floor. But that's how he knew me because it was actually through his uh, production studio, Babyface Productions. And he signed a uh, uh, little, I, I guess he carried photos with him because he had several. <laughs> he signed a photo for me after, uh, you know, after we talked for a bit. And I was hooked right then of autograph collecting. Um, and that was my, my first autograph that I ever had. Still have it. Um, even met my wife with uh, autograph collecting in a weird roundabout way. Uh, so collecting's always been central to my life. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So uh, yeah, I did. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So when you you know a lot of people are like you know you mentioned Full House and you know hey that's like the ideal family you know when we got people like Bob Saget who who recently passed away and and you see all the people that are out there in mourning. Um, you know, you'll read some comments like, well, they don't know who you are, but you know, these are people that, that we relied on, you know, our entire lives. They were there when, when people that were supposed to be there weren't. And, uh, you know, that's what I told one of my brothers. He was like, well, you know, these people wouldn't know, you know, if you, you know, if you done anything, I was like, well, no, but you know, every day at five 30, that person was there. They were there on my TV and that's where I found solace in, you know, my everyday life or what was going on at the time, you know, those characters or though, you know, that family, you know, they're there for you. And, uh, you know, it's a very important part of, of anybody's life is just finding that little piece of themselves and something that can connect you with people around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can see that even with, with show or well, specifically movies, I guess, that have been out of circulation forever, like with the uh, Ghostbusters, for example. You know, I remember watching those movies when I was a kid. They were, again, my escape. And I never thought about it ever again. And then, you know, the recent Ghostbuster movie came out. And there you are sitting in the theater and you're like a little kid again. You're excited that that thrill is right back to where it was when you were you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. All right. So uh, what what did you think of Afterlife? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like, and, and I don't even remember what it was called. What was, what was the one with the uh, all-female cast? Answer the Call. Answer the Call. A lot of people, you know, there was a lot of debate on that. And, of course, my daughter absolutely loved it. And my my uh two sons didn't really care for it but i said you know what if you're a ghostbusters fan a true fan in my opinion and that's all it is is an opinion but i'll I'll take it you know i loved it at the time i'm like if this is all we get because after life i had no idea i don't think there was a plan for it back then you know maybe there was but i didn't know of it but kind of like the same thing with uh indiana jones and the uh crystal skull a lot of people didn't like it but i'd rather sit in the theater and hear that theme music blasting over the speakers again and get all excited. And yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take any little, any little bit they can throw at me. You know, I'm in the same boat, my daughter who I want desperately to be in a lot of the things that I'm into and uh, ghostbusters is the one thing she's gravitated towards. 
And it was due into fact to the, the answer of the call and having four female leads where she's seen, Hey, girls are ghostbusters, but that led her to go back and watch the first two. And she loves the second one. And so we got to sit down as a family and watch afterlife together in the theaters and have that moment, you know, sharing a special where a, a small girl kid got to play a character that she could, you know, kind of look at. I mean, she's still only six, but she looked at that character and was like, oh, well, a kid girl can be a Ghostbuster too. Absolutely. And then, and then I'm sure they made a fan. <laughs> Why, oh yeah. No, she loves, we dress up as uh, I got a state, my state puff outfit down here in the bottom here. And uh, she wants every Halloween, we take one of the nights and we'll all dress up. We dress up as a family as Ghostbusters. And I put on Stay Puff and we'll go out through the through the neighborhood and, uh, you know, get some reactions and things like that from people. So <laughs> a lot of cool. fun. That's cool. So uh, Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones. I, lo- I loved it. Anytime you get to see Harrison Ford put the hat back on, you know, crack a couple whips. Yeah, you lost a couple steps, but I'm all in. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know what... Um... I think the only problem I personally had with it was just, I feel like they used too much CGI. You know, you, you look at the older movies and they didn't have the, the special effects techniques that we have today. And to me, I think that's just where some of the movies falter a little bit. Um, you know, having Shia LaBeouf swinging through the trees with the monkeys, I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, my only complaint with that movie was going to be when the hat rolled rolled towards LaBeouf and he almost picked it up. And it right there, I was like, okay, no, I'm out. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but, that's it. Yeah, thankfully, Harrison Ford reached down and said, not today. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think they're making another one, aren't they? They are. They are. I think uh, Harrison Ford actually got hurt on the set. I think I read, but uh, they're, they're trucking right along and I'll, I'll be first in line in the theaters to go see Indiana Jones. I love Love me some. I got an Indiana Jones hat floating around here somewhere. And uh, my wife, she's like, I can't believe you wear that thing. And I'm like, I wish I could wear it more often. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's the one thing I'll say about like the autographs that we collect. And again, this is kind of how the start of the business is, but it's a bittersweet moment when, you know, I've got this wonderful autograph. I don't want to let it go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But you have to. So like, but right now, if that Harrison Ford never sells, I'm a happy guy. (laughs) yeah that's what i keep getting stuff and adding to my to my studios here and uh she's like are you ever going to stop are you ever going to sell anything i'm like no that's why i take all my pops out of their cases so then i don't ever have to sell them i'm like well you know it's not worth anything now they're out of the case that's it that's it those are actually really hard to sell um like they're an easy sell but hard to get an account with funko i found out really yeah you've got to sell pretty pretty uh oh i don't remember what the dollar amount is of it but you've got to sell thousands of dollars of them a month uh, in order to get a funko account and keep it and you've got to keep uh ordering thousands of dollars i mean i guess that for walmart or target or some of those bigger stores it's not a problem but you know we, we sell a fair amount um through you know third-party distributors right. um, entertainment earth is a big one bbcw is another um our markup isn't quite what I would hope it is because, you know, they, they're going to take their chunk too. Right. But 
um yeah it's a hard count to get through <laughs> interesting i didn't know that because they're everywhere i mean you see you know if I go, you go into the cvs and walgreens and they're you know right there on an end cap with you know walgreen exclusives and all that yeah yeah there's there's a few of them that that are difficult to get in through um that's probably that and uh neca and what's the other one the mcfarland toys those are kind of hard accounts to get you can get all of it through like i said before through uh like third-party distributors but to get it direct from the source is a, you know they've got some gatekeepers that are pretty tough to get through <laughs> right yeah no i don't ever want to mess with any gatekeepers so <laughs> no no <laughs> so um tell me what is what is your favorite fandom? If you had to pick one overall, which one is the one that like, Hey, this is the one that really, really speaks to me. That does get difficult. Um, I'm going to have to say, uh, you know, it might be cliche, but I guess star Wars. <laughs> I love, I love star Wars. I, you know, uh, I don't think I've seen a bad Star Wars movie. Uh, I know that's a highly debated topic. But very <laughs> much, very much so. I don't think but, uh, I've seen a bad one, and uh, I love what they're doing with the uh, the TV shows. They're awesome. Uh, I love The Mandalorian. Love uh, the Book of Boba Fett. I'm excited. All of that stuff's coming out. So, what Ooh. is your favorite Star Wars movie out of the out of one through nine? Which which one is the one that when you sit down to watch one, this is my go to my go to Star Wars movie? Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith Night. That's a very popular. Yep. You know, at the time when it came out, there were a lot of people that griped about the uh, prequels when they came out too. And you know, years removed, they're looked in a totally different light than when they were when they came out. But Revenge oh, yeah. of the Sith is popular. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the, to me, that's the, the, the movie that, I mean, that was the transformation of Darth Vader right there. That's when you saw Darth Vader become Darth Vader. So, yeah, no, I love that particular one. And I think that the prequels had a hard time only because, you know, a lot of people were sitting in the, in the theater and we were hoping for, I don't know what, you know, um, we we had the first three movies or well four or five and six to compare against you know what i mean um but that's i don't think that's who they were shooting for as a, as a target audience you know they were shooting for my kids and my kids love the people right <laughs> yeah no i th- i think exactly my my daughter is a she's not totally into she likes this one she loves Absolutely. grogu well and going back to what i said earlier with what i think some of the the misses in the movies have been before where they rely too heavily on cgi he was a puppet so people love him (laughs) they went a little bit more uh traditional you know older school if you will uh movie technique on that particular part and everybody loved him yeah he's a a fascinating character now i hear's Here's one. So you're speaking to someone who is in that controversial tab with the with the prequel or the sequels. Okay. My favorite movie out of all the Star Wars film was Return of the Jedi. Okay. Up until the sequels. My favorite movie is The Last Jedi. Okay. All right. That's yeah, that's a very that's a very hard take to to have with some people. So it is, it is, but 
I mean, I think that's the real good thing and, and, and why I lean so hard into Star Wars as far as it being my favorite trilogy is because you can sit down with somebody and have a, a, a discussion and whether they hate that movie or love that movie, at the end of the day, you're a Star Wars fan and you definitely have your favorite movie <laughs> in right. that genre, you know, in that particular uh, franchise. So... So we're not we're not akin to spoilers. If anyone watching this, they've seen all this stuff before. So don't hold back to talk so. about anything. Okay. Um, what Especially if you... I'm talking about prequels, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they've seen those by now. <laughs> what did you think of the book of Boba Fett? I know you said a few minutes ago that you liked it. So what what were some of your thoughts? What was what was one of the favorite things you seen out of that? Um, you know, probably. I, I liked how they picked up right from the beginning of how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. You know, that was like, okay, you have to go there at some point. And they just, they went right there, right at the beginning. And I didn't understand all of the, the hate with it that I've saw in a lot of the blogging posts, a lot of the, like, I, I didn't see a problem with them. You know, I'm like, okay, well, he's hurt and he's injured because he was in the Sarlacc pit. He's, Face is burned. He's got to go in the back to tank, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make him any weaker. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of repairs to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. I love the Rancor scene. The <laughs> All the little spots with the Rancor were fantastic. The huts were fantastic in it. You know, we talk about kind of the, they weren't so much the uh, job of the hut in one, two, and three, you know, in Tatooine and, and Phantom Menace. It yeah. was a little more akin to Jabba the Hutt out of the old ones, but, you know, a, a little better well done, I guess. Absolutely. Well, and I liked how they explained with the Rancor, you know, that it's an emotional and highly sensitive creature. It forms an attachment because that explains a part in, in the original Star Wars movies when the Rancor died and his caretaker was crying. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's what I kept telling everybody. <laughs> I'm like that, that just explained that part why he would be sad. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was uh, really cool. You know, everybody's like, well, it's a setup. I'm like, no, if you remember back to the one in Jabba's palace, I was like, old dude went over there and bawled when it died. I was like, so they have a, they're like a big dog. I mean, effectively. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if I had to pick one thing that I didn't like about it would be those, those, uh, I don't even know what they were supposed to be called. I guess they were half Android, half people on the uh, really brightly colored scooter looking things. Yeah. yeah and I didn't hate them. I just didn't understand if water's at a premium and hard to come by, how are their bikes so shiny, you know, on Tatooine? <laughs> <laughs> brand, brand new Vespas, but no, you know, no water bottle that goes on. Yeah, exactly. They must have a different <laughs> way to clean their stuff or I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you, you would think it would be a little more worn on the sands of Tatooine. Yeah, because everything else is. So that's the only part that, and again, it didn't make it odd enough for me to say that, oh, I hate the book of Boba Fett, but it was, that was the only one that I kind of raised an eyebrow on. I'm like, I don't know where they're going with those yet. <laughs> so now you've you've watched all, all of the Mandalorian. Uh, you, what do you think about the Mandalorian, Grogu, how they're developing there? I mean, that's that's their hit show. And even when he made the appearance on the book of Boba Fett, you know, I thought you could definitely tell when the Mandalorian crew kind of took over filming and 
it's just it, I, I love damn near everything about that one <laughs> yeah the uh, best episodes it, of boba fett were were the ones that were in my opinion were the ones focused on on mando and and the child yeah absolutely i mean i like where they're they're discussing things with the the dark saber i like how they're bringing star wars characters that were in the cartoons and they're bringing them live action you know um ahsoka making her appearance uh you have bo katan made her appearance and i'm like okay i i like where this is going and they're doing them well yeah they really are they really are so where do you think we're going to get now now we got uh speaking of obi-wan there behind you we're getting obi-wan are you are you are you ready for an obi-wan six-part series i think i am i think i am um and i know i'm gonna want more i think we're all in that boat i i you know i i i'm really excited for uh you know hayden christensen's return i've I've heard that he's going to be back in it as darth vader i think he got uh very unfairly uh criticized about his performance in the prequels uh just because again i mean that the thing i that i like about Star Wars is, is kind of like how I had mentioned, excuse me, um, is that I think everybody can have a good dialogue and we're all fans, but I think sometimes, especially towards the actors, and maybe it is because we feel so personally attached to them, uh, that when we get disappointed, we had, we attack them almost toxically. And that's oh, one thing yeah. I wish we'd change. <laughs> you know, you talk yeah, about Ghostbusters yeah. fans or the and it's interesting to be, you know, in both camps uh, because Ghostbusters fans can be really just as awful. Some of the stuff they've done to yeah. uh, Leslie Jones was horrendous. Uh, yeah. You know, for just going out and playing a good character and was extremely funny. If nothing else, there were some just good belly laughs uh, in that Absolutely. movie. And it's not their fault. They didn't write the script. I mean, they, right. <laughs> they, they're not going to, you know, I, I think they might have a little bit of input, but I don't know how much, you know, ultimately it's going to be the director who's directing them to go a certain way with their character. Yeah. I would think their biggest input is when they put that check in their bank. And outside of that, it's pretty much, Hey, I'm going to do what this, you know, this guy or this lady tells me to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. where do you want to see, star wars go next we you know we got a few things we got the obi-wan series what is the one thing if you had a wish list that hey i want i want to see this in the obi-wan series oh goodness um i don't know if i'd want it particularly in the series itself but i i definitely want more series spinoffs i think there's a lot of different characters that have been introduced and i know that the 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 comics and the novels aren't canon anymore but they still whether they admit to it or not they pulled an awful lot out of them and um i would like just to see the whole world explored take me to different planets take me you know take that one character that didn't have a very big role take finn let's do something with him let's see where that was meant to go right (laughs) Right. Such a great character that uh, that really kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, him and Snoke. Snoke was uh, yeah. I'm, I got three or four Snoke action figures up here. And 
I was all in. I wanted to know the origin story. And, and I got to say, I was a little let down that how it turned out, but, you know, even then he was still a fantastic character. I would love to see, you know, they could go back. He was around for a long time. So there's still some story to be told there. You know, let, let's explore Kylo Ren a little bit more. Let's go more into his backstory and maybe less of the, the villain that he became and more about how to get there. Right. You know? I'd love to see some him and Luke Skywalker, you know, a young Kylo and Skywalker adventures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, I'm very curious where they're going to take that uh, that little guy Grogu. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yeah, I can't wait. You know, You know, they kind of gave it away when they showed the new ship. And you had the little port up there. I'm like, well, there's no way he's not going to choose to come back to Mando because they already got a spot for him. And just imagine Absolutely. how much merchandise <laughs> they'll sell of that ship with him in it. That was the one thing too that, that kind of got me though is I don't know if that ship. I mean, I, I know why they picked it because it had the, the like you said the spot for him. It's fast. It'll get him from point A to point B. But that's it's more of a fighter ship, not really. Uh, one that he can live on in between worlds and i don't know where he's going to store his bounties like i think he'll probably have to get away from all of that a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah i'm assuming we're gonna get uh i kind of look as the mandalorian as kind of your steady timeline moving forward and then everything branching off of it and yeah i used to think he was going to drop the dark saber but i don't now the way they played it out in boba fett i don't think so right yeah he's at least gonna hold on to it for a while he's gotta so, figure out how to use it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who what is your favorite what's your favorite star wars character uh you know i don't know if i have one particular i mean i guess i have to say darth vader just because when i look at my personal collection on everything um in my house, I have every single character who's ever played Darth Vader. I have their autograph. So, you know, I've got all of them. I've got David Prowse. I've got Christian Haydenson. I've got Spencer Wildling. I've, <laughs> you know, I've got everybody. So I, I guess I have to go with him. Although, you know, when I really stop and think about it, there's no rhyme or reason why. So I don't think I have a particular favorite for any particular reason. I just like watching all of them. So who has not been introduced in live action that you're excited to see? Hmm. I I don't think I have an answer there. I think I'm just because trying to think if there's anybody, but I, I don't think. No, yeah, I, I'm just curious on who they have and who they're going to pull out, but I don't, I'm not holding out for anybody particularly. I'm personally holding out for Thrawn. Thrawn is okay. the, is the, I think he's coming. Yeah, we got, we got a pretty big tease on that. So, and they got nine books in the Disney era. There's yeah. six of them are out of the Disney era. So he's, he's got to be around the corner. Uh, and that's kind of why I didn't mention him. It's only because I've got I've got a pretty sneaky suspicion that he's coming anyway. <laughs> so now uh, I see you got a really awesome shirt on. Oh yeah! And uh, for those listening on the podcast, Chris is wearing a Battletoads <laughs> shirt. 
And now Battletoads is one of the most legendary and awesome NES games of all times. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool shirt, man. How often it looks pretty new. Are you a yeah, big fan of the game? A huge fan of the game, uh, even still. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a shirt that we actually sell at the store here. And, uh, right before, uh, our interview, I was bringing, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in from my car, actually. We're bringing a lot of merchandise and everything in from the car in tonight to the store, kind of a late inventory night. And the shirt that I was wearing got all dirty and I didn't want to have to wear it for the, the interview here. So I was like, I just literally just pulled it off the shelf and I'm like, all right, this one's damaged. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That is an awesome shirt. I've been admiring it the whole interview so far. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, it was is- funny with. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking, you know, talking about the NES games. I actually would have been a great YouTube opportunity, you know, several years ago, maybe about three or four, I guess. I bought my kids a, a regular NES and I got the cartridge game. I just put it down on the table for them and I'm like, here you guys go. It's a video game. Got your new console. And to sit there and watch them try to figure that out. Oh, man. <laughs> I would even yeah. play it. It was hilarious. <laughs> And and I've seen people make YouTube videos out of that, but it's exactly like what you see. They had no clue. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Where does this go? How does this go in here? And yeah, just... they they'd figure out to put it in. They had no idea you had to push it down. <laughs> and then of course it didn't work. So they had no idea that you had to go out and I mean I know you're never supposed to blow in the cartridge, but it worked. Right. <laughs> and blowing the cartridge, and then as we kind of piece those together, it still it would play, but it would kind of the screen wasn't wasn't solid. It would it would go up and down and kind of like flip a lot. And I'm like, well, you got to hit the side of the console. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, seriously, whack it. <laughs> you got to give it the old fonz on the side to make it work. Exactly, exactly. And they're like, is that really working? I'm like, try it, see. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that my favorite with the old NES is how you had to kind of wedge one game out just slightly and then push it down where it would get like the plastic off the cartridge would get onto the uh, front of the console. So it would keep it down for you and then it right. would play a little bit better or put another cartridge in on top of it to keep it down. Yes. Yep. Yep. So now yeah, once they started playing, what'd they think about no save points? That was, that was frustrating to them. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. I said, and that's where, you know, I can remember yelling at my mom, at my grandma, you know, five more minutes. Don't let me, you know, turn it off right now. Give me five more minutes, (laughs) which is like an hour later. And they're still, you know, parents are getting mad at you and you, but you got to get through. Right. (laughs) But yeah, they played, uh, what do they have? They've got the Ninja Turtles. They've got Rampage, Battletoads. That might be it. (laughs) Well, those are three awesome. Now, Ninja Turtles, is it the first one? No, no. Okay. Second. Okay. The yeah, second one. Yeah. So that's, that's, I, that might be considered some sort of abuse to put the first Ninja Turtles game in front of a kid nowadays and be like, yeah, play this and, and try to beat this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no. Oh, I remember those days and oh, a lot man. of long nights. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, I've actually been trying to get my middle child to, to clean up his room since Christmas because um, he wants to turn his room into an 80s style 
80s 90s style arcade so i got him one of those one-up arcade machines that's, oh yeah you know, it's about to chess level maybe and uh of uh mortal Kombat. nice and it's still not built yet because i'm still waiting for him to clean up his room so he's got a spot to put it in i'm like dude what other parent buys you a freaking arcade machine to clean your room and you're still not doing it <laughs> oh man yeah i've seen the mortal Kombat one i've eyed that a few times you know going through the store been like man that would be that would be sweet to have an old mortal Kombat arcade machine absolutely absolutely well and that's the thing i love about our store i love when people come in here that are our age and i've had even significantly older come in because we carry everything here we're how did they describe us in the paper kind of a uh a retro to modern pop culture paradise is I think it was exactly how he put it. Cause yeah, you come into our store and we've got uh, t-shirts from Rambo to escape from New York and all the way to, you know, it's got uh Ryu up there studying the, the cheat code symbols for the remote control. <laughs> and then uh, what else do we have? Uh, Tons of Star Wars merchandise, Star Trek merchandise, Gremlins merchandise, Marvel merchandise, and just like something for everybody. And I love when people come in and actually geek out. And that's something I've told my my uh, sales associates. And I'm like, it is okay, and I encourage you to some degree. I don't want you spending hours talking to people, but I want you to geek out with them. I'm like, that's what we are. Uh, we are a fun freaking store. You know, you come in here, we've got, you know, Mario rugs on the floor. We've got bat cave signs on the wall. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like come awesome. in and have a blast with them. And they do. And they'll be telling their stories of when they were little to their kids. And then their kid runs over and finds something that they love, too. And I love seeing stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. You know, it makes for a great experience. And that's what. That's what all stores, you know, really should be, uh, is, is a place for people to experience stuff. And especially a store like yours, where you, you got everything that spans decades, you know, it's a place where families can go in and kind of, and kind of bond with each other and share that, Hey, daddy's and mommy's stuff's in here, just like my stuff's in here. And, you know, it makes it all cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people that have come in, uh, especially around Christmas time, cause we opened the store of November of last year, right? On Black Friday, actually, the day of. And we'd have people come in and they were like, you know, we had no idea that I thought I was coming in here for something for my kid and you are now my favorite store for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. We've got a lot of big plans for it too. It's, you know, the hardest part I think right now is, is, as I mentioned before, we're still doing the the respiratory therapist gig at the hospital a bit. So it's hard to to split the time. And it's been a challenge trying to be the boss here a little bit. I've really depended on my eight-year-old or eight-year-old, 18-year-old son and my 15-year-old daughter, Um, you know, because we have a few other employees as well, but I've really looked to them for kind of leading the reins and what's good is you know the years that we kind of did the convention before actually deciding to open a store they learned everything that they needed to know about you know specifically like with autographs people come in they've got a million questions 
the sales associate may not know how to answer them, but then there's my son and he's like, okay, yes, it's third party uh, authenticated. You know, these are the companies specifically that we go through. Uh, 90% of them will have a proof photo with a signing attached with them, you know, and uh, they've really been a, a lifesaver for, for being here. And, and so many uh, plans. One of the things, you know, you'd mentioned um, Obi-Wan Kenobi behind me. One of the plans we have, this used to be some kind of clothing store. Uh, now, I have no idea what was in here before, but because um, it's been vacant on this side of the mall for a while, which was our design choice. Uh, number one, mall rent, the way they do it is kind of particular. It goes, the, the more crowded areas of the mall, the rent's a lot higher. Right. So I'm like, okay, um, what about this dead end of the mall over here? And they were like, oh, yeah, you know. We'll pay you to take it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and uh, they were like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, originally we have these dressing rooms over here that I was wanting the mall to kind of do a, a remodel a little bit for us or a restoration or whatever you want to call it, where I wanted them to make that just extra storage for us. Like maybe drive all the front, get rid of the rooms, because outside of T-shirts, we really don't have any clothing particularly to try on uh so no no reason for to have a dressing room and then the mall went through new ownership and um, by the time we went to sign our lease our permanent lease they were like yeah no we're not going to offer you anything so i remember talking to my wife and i said well why don't we take those dressing room doors off of the dressing rooms put a statue in each room and make it a little world for the statue so that people can come in and have like photo opportunities and then we'll just put our signs plastered in there so that when they share it on Facebook or Instagram, that'll be advertising for our store to get out there as well. Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, but again, having the idea and then having the ability to sit in here and get it done has been challenging, but I'm, I'm hoping in the next few weeks, <laughs> that seems to be my answer for everything. anymore. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see some photos coming out of that, you know, in, in some various worlds. And uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a fantastic idea, man. That's, that's awesome. That's great marketing. Great marketing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I want. You know, I want this place to be a destination, not just, a, not just a, a retail store that you go to, but I want it to be the reason you come to the mall, you know, it was for this store, you know, over here. And then I also told them, for the the dead space that's out here i actually plan to do uh like uh not really a fan convention but more like fan meetings where i know a few different celebrities that i've met personally over the years that i've gotten pretty close with um by luck and chance that um i've been talking to and i'm like you know we're just trying to actually set a date for them to come over like i know um sam jones is one of them flash gordon the, right. the original Flash Gordon. Uh, he came to a convention maybe about four years ago through here. I met him there, became instant friends with him, and uh, actually have his personal contact information. And we've been talking, and it's more of it's not if, but when. When is it going to clear up his schedule and then have that? And that's going to benefit the mall as much as our store is to bring that traffic back in here. Uh, yeah, especially now, you know, foot traffic in a lot of these areas are. Is, is a thing of the past, you know, with online shopping and, you know, a store like yours that, that has 
a lot of energy and, and, you know, experience for, for a customer and clientele could bring a lot to an area like that. That's awesome. Maybe, maybe your story can help inspire others across the nation to, to pick up their hobby and, and be able to take these spaces that are non-existent and, and do something with it and create a atmosphere for their community too. Absolutely. And it's not, you do need to have the dedication for it. I will say it's, it's a bit of a, a time consuming process. So you really do have to love, have a love for whatever you're doing, whatever that hobby is. But we started like very small, but every convention we went to, like I said, and that wasn't our goal to grow at all. It was our goal to get free seats at a convention. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. When you have a booth, you get free seats. You don't have to walk around the convention floor with nowhere to sit the whole time. And you can see tons of cool costumes that just walk by your booth. <laughs> um, but every convention we went to, we would literally double our sales. Um, at least at the beginning. At the beginning, we ended up doubling our sales every time. And then you start looking at, you know, okay, well, I need to get something new, something different. And so I'd start scouring. I think for us, you know, we, we started selling through our personal collection. And then I started going to clearance sections at collectible places. Uh, Toys R Us was still a thing back then. So, you know, they had a collectible section. Anything cool on clearance or what about Target? Or we had, you used to have a store out here called Hastings which was kind of a, a mix between a Blockbuster, a Barnes & Noble, and a store like us, all in one. And they um, went out of business, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, and I just went through all their clearance stuff. Yeah, I bought almost all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, let's, let's try to resell this. And now, you know, and you just grow as you're doing that. And now it's like, okay, now I have distributors I can call. There's still a few, like we were saying earlier, Funko, I can't quite get an account with, but I can get an account with Entertainment Earth. And not only can I get, you know, the Funko stuff, that gave me access to get all a whole bunch of Hasbro stuff and everything else. Hasbro is Star Wars. so Right. You know, matter of fact, I even got, uh, see if I can show it here. I had to open a box because it was uh, damaged. And... <laughs> We were talking about the Mandalorian earlier. We got the Mandalorian rifle, the yes. Nerf rifle. Yes. Now, for those listening on the podcast, you can get on to uh, the Space Emporium Facebook page. And that is a picture of the one I referred to of Obi-Wan stocking the shelves. Uh, that yep. rifle was in front of him. A uh, really good looking piece. Uh, you can also see on there, I got it pulled up right now in front of me. You can see a really cool Tupac. Uh, what did you say? They were made out of resin. Resin, yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming that's where you picked up the the Obi Wan, and it looks like you might have found a Leia. And uh, I was kind of watching your trip the other day. So, so tell us a little bit about your trip there. It looked like it was a good time. And uh, yeah. So we, um, like I've, I've mentioned a few times, you know, being respiratory therapists, um, at the beginning of 2020, right when all the COVID madness kind of hit, uh, my wife and I both decided that we were going to start travel. 
And uh, a lot of people are doing that now because the money for travel nurses and travel respiratory therapists are pretty phenomenal, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Once in a lifetime paycheck, if you will. But that's not initially why we did it. Um, It just it was coincidence. COVID hadn't even hit out here yet when, when we quit. We got right kind of at the beginning. It was on the East Coast. It wasn't in the middle of America yet that we knew of. Um, but we traveled to Jersey right at the beginning of 2020 when everything was going on in New York and New Jersey. And then when we came back after doing that for several months, we got a contract in Fort Worth. And Fort Worth has a company out there called Fanboys Marketplace that does all of the conventions, all of the, you know, um, meet and greets for for celebrities out there. And again, it was just by chance. I, I was looking for something to do, somewhere to go shop. And, and Texas is a lot more open, even even with all the COVID stuff when it was happening. We never really truly locked down on anything. All of the stores were still open. Um, it wasn't gonna, that stuff wasn't gonna fly out here. I mean, (laughs) um, as much as, I mean, and and again, that's a very political, uh, issue that I'll, I'll, I guess I'll avoid a little bit of, but, (laughs) but, um, regardless of your opinion on what, you know, you, you choose what's good for you. But, um, I was very comfortable. I was wearing my N95 everywhere. I was real lucky to have access to those through the hospital. Um, so I would still go out into public still go shopping, still go to all these places open. And there was a, there was a store that was set up that was like a, a vendor's booth inside a comic convention. But then at the end, except you didn't have uh, people, you weren't with your booth. So every, all these booths were set up in this store, but you had a one singular person check you out. And every item that you had had a little sticker piece attached to their item and it was a, a vendor code so they could get credit for the sale and i asked you know what that was about and they said well yeah you know our vendors can't sell at the comic conventions uh, they've got a lot of merchandise just sitting around in storage they're losing money on it it's not circulating so we opened up here just to give them a chance to sell stuff and they started talking about opening up a spot in uh, denton texas in the mall out there i was real interested in that because uh, I was that vendor. I had a lot of stuff that just wasn't moving. Um, you know, it wasn't even a thought on my uh, my brain at the time. I just thought that was a great idea. I was like, oh, how do I get involved in that? How can I open up a booth with you? And uh, ended up doing uh, a little booth out in Denton, Texas, which, which is still running now. And uh, we will go out there every couple of months, about every two months. And we go up, we totally restock it. And, you know, pick up our check. And the cool thing about it is um, from Denton, Texas to Moore, Oklahoma, which is where my buddy who makes the statues lives, um, you know, it's, a, it's about a two hour drive in between. So we'll stay at the Windstar Casino, which is right in the middle. Very convenient. <laughs> and I take all the money I made in Denton, I blow it at the casino, and then I go visit my buddy. <laughs> and then... Uh, but yeah, we'll go over to his house and pick up statues pretty pretty regularly. Um, the initial idea with his visits was, you know, I thought maybe one day uh, at the beginning, I thought it would just be cool to have a statue or two to showcase at a convention, something that would bring traffic. 
right uh, to our booth. You know, maybe get something on an end cap and then have them come over when they see, you know, Picard and then charge a couple bucks for a picture with them and uh, or charge nothing and just have my sign somewhere where, again, free advertising. And then when we started opening the store, we're like, well, maybe we can sell some of these statues. And I had the first person come up to me during the holiday season and he's like, you know, how much is it for Darth Vader? How much is that Darth Vader in the window? And uh, my kid's like, oh, he's 2200 I said, well, hold on now. Let me let me think. <laughs> Don't be so good to him. Hold on. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. I couldn't part with him. And uh, so, yeah, my statue obsession has grown and grown. So now I'm just trying to find ways to use them as uh, advertising and, and getting attention. But no, that uh, that trip is is awesome. We make it a couple times. Um, well, we make it every every couple of months up there to restock the Denton store, and then it's always a blast visiting his house. And he's constantly changing his stuff. I'll show pictures. He's a little camera shy. He doesn't like to be in the video or in the uh, in the photo. But he's constantly changing his house. Uh, one. Like his garage, I want to say at one time, he made it look like the inside of an old Blockbuster video. And he'd have different statues up there. He put uh, Grandma, uh, what is it? Grand Moff Tarkin, and he put him in like a Blockbuster shirt uniform. But that's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> and had him working at the Blockbuster. Uh, then he had him, it looked like uh, inside of the, uh, the Avengers uh, room where he had about eight different iron man suits that he had made and he made stands for them it just it was it's always awesome going to his place and he actually has been on youtube uh different youtubers channels all over um if you look up oklahoma house of wonders uh sometimes uh, just you know scrolling through youtube anything in more oklahoma house of wonders it, it'll be him awesome, <laughs> his house awesome yeah, there were some really, really cool photos there. So uh, switching gears a little bit, I always do a little a little deserted island with each of my guests. So I've, I've changed up the the questions just slightly for you. Okay. So if if you, Chris, were on a deserted island and you could only have one of the following, what would it be? What would be the one TV show? that you would have for your entire time on set island. And of course I have access to a TV and everything else. Yes, you do have, you do have okay. access to a TV. <laughs> uh, hmm. One TV show that I could watch the entire time. I would probably pick Oh man, that's more difficult than I thought. Yeah, I would one have to... final binge. Man, I'd probably pick something with a lot of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's go with Stargate. Stargate. That's a good. That's a really good choice. Yeah. All right. One video game. You know, what is the one that my kid, the 
little turd. He got me hooked on it, and then I couldn't play it anymore because he took the system. Um, <laughs> Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. I think that was the name of it. I'm pretty sure. Where you have to go around fixing generators, and you have all these classic scary movie people chasing you. Nice. I'll check that out. I'm not familiar with that one. So, yeah, I'm I'm 90% certain that was the name of the game. He got me totally hooked because you can play the killer or a survivor. So you're either a game where you can play the bad guy. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You you want to be Michael Myers? You want to be Ghostface? You can be them. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. I'll have to check that out. Dead by Daylight. Um, movie. Just one movie, or what if it's a uh, a bunch of like, like Star Wars has you know what one through six? <laughs> one movie, one singular title. Oh, uh, that's a lot harder. Um, you know, we were talking about it earlier a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I'll go with Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark, awesome. That's yep. that's yep. a fantastic choice. <laughs> yeah, that, that would definitely be. Uh, that would be in contention for myself too. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. So here is the question that I got specifically for you. Now you went to a lot of comic book conventions. You got a very interesting place there. What is the one, if you were stuck on this Island and you had to cosplay, what would be the outfit that we would find Chris in? (laughs) As impractical as it would would be, it'd probably be Jedi robes. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably um, definitely be the most. I mean, you know, people in the desert, you know, have all kinds of robes and stuff on, so it, it might be the most practical. That's true, actually. Yeah, uh, you'd probably see me forced trying to get down a couple of coconuts unsuccessfully. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. Um, so go ahead and tell everybody where where can they interact with you at? Where can they find your store at? Plug all your social media and uh, let us know where we can where we can be in touch and, and get in touch with the Space Emporium. Absolutely. So you can always um, come through. If you come through Amarillo, Texas, uh, we're at the Westgate Mall. If you go through Denton, Texas, we're at the Golden Triangle Mall. Um, again, It'll be a, a very uh, small selection, but but uh, an appetizer, if you will. Um, here, hopefully in the next day or two, once we get the website up and running, it'll be uh, www.spaceemporium.biz. And then our Facebook page, which is right now the absolute most accessible, uh, you know, uh, Space Emporium slash The Big Universe. Fantastic. So Chris, we appreciate you so much for coming on the Powerbomb Nation. And I appreciate uh, you inviting me. Well, you're doing great work out there. I can't wait. You know, like we talked before we started the interview, I wanted to get to Amarillo to have that 72 ounce steak, but I think I may have found something even better reason to make it down there. Not only to catch up with you, but I have to make it there to check out this store. Absolutely. You do. Absolutely. You do. So this sounds awesome, folks. If you're if you're anywhere near Amarillo, make sure you take take the trek over. 
and uh, meet with Chris, see this fantastic store that him and his family are building, absorb it all in and enjoy the experience and have a great time in life. Thank you so much for tuning in to Powerbomb Nation. Chris, thank you again for, for being a guest on our show. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace out. <laughs> thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. You are now leaving the Powerbomb Nation. Thank you.